Good morning. How y'all doing? Is this all working and everything? Y'all hear me good? All that? Um, I, I, y'all need y'all to pray for me this morning. I got down from doing the announcements and praying, and I said, I started feeling around and said, I can't find my glasses. And so I, I went into a panic because I was like, I can't. Yeah, I know, I know. Y'all are good. Y'all are good. I, hang on just a minute. You don't know how many times that's been offered to me. It's so funny. You know, I mean, there's a whole lot of y'all got cheaters in here, I'll tell you what. So I was like, I was look, feeling around. I just couldn't find them. I was like, oh, no, what am I going to do? Because I can't see. I can see my iPad, but I, I want to read some scripture right out of the Bible this morning. I can't see that without my glasses. And so I got an old scratched up pair in the truck. Boy, I zoomed out there. And I mean, on the way out, I had people stop. I got some, I got some, I got some, but uh, uh, I said, no, y'all might need yours, you know, uh, anyway, y'all pray for me, because what had happened is I left them right here when I walked down, so, <laughs> so not only can I not see, I can't remember either, so praise God, amen, uh, turn your Bibles to Revelation chapter 20, uh, and as you turn there, let's read our theme verse before we get there. Let's read this. Ready? Uh, Revelation 1-7 says, y'all got to read the underlined part with me because that's one thing we agree on, that Jesus is going to return. Uh, the, called the second coming. Everybody say the second coming. He's going to return. And so this is what we read. Behold, ready? He is coming with the clouds. Now there's about 200 of you in here and I heard like six. So let's do that again. Behold, ready? He is coming with the clouds. Right? Jesus coming back. And every eye will see him, even those who, are, who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will well on account of him, even so. Amen. See what Jesus, uh, we've talked about this, but I, like I told you, this is one of those repeat kind of sermons. You're going to understand when Christ returns. That right now, you, we have this incredible privilege to choose him as our Lord and Savior. The Bible says, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. It says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So right now, you have an opportunity to bow the knee before Jesus and call him your Lord. And he'll come into your life and save your soul. You have a choice to do that. That's incredible. God has given you a, a free will to either come to him or not right but when Christ comes back for the second time guess what the Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord you, you won't at that point in time you won't have a choice whether to choose him as God or, or call him God you will call him God when he comes back the problem is at that point in time if you wait till then it's going to be too late for you so do me a favor this morning as you think about that don't wait until then Let's make that choice this morning. I'll talk to you a little bit more about that later. So we know Jesus is coming back. And that's why this passage, that little verse says that people are going to mourn on the count of him. Because those that nailed him to the cross even are going to see him. Those that, um, those that would not trust him or give their life to him are going to see him. And at that point, they know it's going to be too late when they call him Lord then because they have to. And that's going to, uh, that's going to be a very sorrowful day for for some people, for many people, but it won't be a sorrowful day for those who believe. So uh, let's look at the chart right quick. I'm going to show you all where we are. So right now, you all know we're in the church age. The, well, we talked about where we have a, a, a free will to trust Christ as our Savior. One day, maybe in the not-so-distant future, the rapture of the church is going to happen. Not where Jesus comes down and sets up his kingdom on earth, but where he calls the church to heaven. And the Bible says we'll meet him in the air, right? And he will take the church to heaven. 
And during that time, that's seven years. Seven years the church will be in heaven, and there will be a seven-year tribulation time right there in that black uh, square right there where it says that that is a time uh, that there's never been a time like it on earth before. It's going to be the most horrible, horrific, awful time that the world has ever seen. Praise God, if you're saved, you will not be here. Amen? Amen. Isn't that good news for you? If you've trusted Jesus, he's going to take you out here before that happens. Praise the Lord for that. So, again, there's another great incentive to trust Jesus. Amen? Uh, I hope that, uh, that maybe my incentives will, will uh, wear off on some of you this morning or, or get through. So, uh, we'll be in heaven. And then at the end of that seven-year tribulation, which we talked about last week, uh, we had the marriage supper of the Lamb we talked about and the second coming where Christ came. And what's he riding, y'all? A white horse. And what are we going to be riding? White horses. I know I told you all I was partial to duns and bays, but uh, I'm going to be riding a white one that day. All right? So uh, I've never had a dun horse that didn't buck me off either. I don't know what the deal is. Uh, I, I, I've had one when I was in high school and I had him. Um, I don't know why I still like him. Even Taby's horse is a dun horse, and he bucks with me sometimes, so I don't know. I guess they don't like me. Sidetrack squirrel chasing. He's going to come back on a white horse. He's going to return to earth, and he's going to set up his thousand-year reign. Okay, during the thousand-year reign, that's what, we're going to, that's what we're going to be able to talk about right now. That's where we're going to begin. There's going to be what we call the, uh, the, the last part of the first resurrection, which is that's one of my favorite subjects in the Scripture, is the resurrection of the saints, right? So we're going to talk about that a lot. So before I confuse you too much, we're beginning the thousand-year reign, and there's something really significant that's going to happen at the beginning of that thousand-year reign when Christ sets foot on the earth and he begins to rule and reign. And it's found in Revelation chapter 20, starting in verse 1. And it says, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding in his hand the chain to the bottomless pit, a great chain. Everybody say, a great chain. That, I, I like the wording in this because it's like a, it's a, like a powerful, strong chain, right? And it says, and he seized the dragon, the ancient serpent, who is the devil and Satan. So, okay, this is really good because you know that guy that fell from heaven because he wanted to be God and couldn't be God and God cast him out. His name is Satan, the devil. And he's been plaguing us uh, for all this time since the very beginning when Adam and Eve sinned. Now sin is on us. It's in us. It's in our nature. And we have this enemy walking around us, uh, the spiritual realm. He's got demons with him and his name is Satan. He's the enemy. That word Satan means enemy. That guy that y'all know him, right? Y'all know he's real, and he gives us lots of problems, right? He does, right? Uh, I want to tell you something about him. Jesus said this about him. Uh, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, but I have come to give you that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That's found in John chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus says the the Satan or the enemy, the thief, comes to steal. Everybody say steal. Yeah. He wants to steal from you. You know what? He wants to steal your life. He wants to steal your family. He wants to steal your relationship with God. He wants to steal from you. You know what else he came to do? He came to kill. Everybody say kill. Yeah. He, he don't like you. He came to kill your marriage. 
He came to, he came to kill uh, any good thing you have on it. He came to kill you. He don't like you. I want to tell you something. Those of you that are flirting with this idea that, you know, it's all a party in hell and everything's going to be great there and it's a party now, I want to tell you why you, I want to tell you something about yourself. You don't even realize how bad Satan hates you and he's using that sin to lead you down a path that will, that will hold you longer than you're willing to stay and cost you more than you're willing to pay. He hates you. Just get that. Jesus loves you. Right? But it says here that something's going to happen to him at the beginning of the thousand year reign of Christ. When Christ comes to step foot on the earth, it says, and he took the devil uh, and right there and bound him for a thousand years and threw him in the pit and shut it and sealed it over him so that he might not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were ended and after that he must be released for a little while. So during, now there's a reason why he's released, that's another sermon a little later down the road, but during the thousand year reign of Christ, this is what I want you to understand, the devil will have absolutely, positively no influence on you at all. Right? Not only... Now, understand, you will be here because you're coming back on a white horse to rule and reign with Christ. You will be here during the millennial kingdom. It's going to be an awesome time. It's going to be, like, it's going to be basically heaven on earth. Thousand year reign. But he will have no influence on anybody. He will not be allowed to do what he's being allowed to do right now. He's going to be bound up in a chain and thrown in a hole where he belongs. All right, just understand that, right? So, uh, and then at the end of that, he's going to be released just for a short time. We'll talk about that later. But then I, I, this is what I really want to get to. Um, I don't want to talk about him too much. I don't like him, so I'm not going to, you know, spend a lot of time on him. Uh, then I saw thrones, and on them were seated those whom the, whom the authority to judge was committed. Okay, I'm going to talk to you about that just for a second. You know, that's, you are part of that group. Uh, those who have given their life to Christ, who are saved, who are going to heaven in the rapture, are coming back with him to rule and reign, you are a part of that group, right? Also, I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony of Jesus and for the word of God, and those who had not worshipped the beast and his image and had not received the mark on their foreheads or on their hands, okay? So during the tribulation period, we talked about this. There's going to be those who will give their life to Christ and be saved during that time, but it's going to cost them their, their physical life, right? But they refuse to worship the beast, so they're killed for it. And it says this, and, uh, and they, read, let's read that, church, because that's important. Ready? They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So the thousand-year millennial kingdom set up those who give their lives during that seven years, that awful time, because of their belief in Jesus. And listen to me, that's not a work salvation. That's a faith salvation still. You know that salvation only comes through faith by grace? That's it. I mean, just because they gave their life for it, it doesn't mean they deserved salvation from Jesus. Did you know that? Just because they were not willing to worship the beast, did not earn their way to heaven, it was simply that they had faith in a Savior who could save their soul for eternal life, just like you have faith in a Savior that can save your soul for eternal life. Understand that. 
right? So they were resurrected. Everybody say resurrected. They were raised to life. And the rest of the dead did not, did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. Let's read that, church. This is what we're going to talk about, the main subject this morning. Ready? This is the first resurrection. Okay, so the Bible, let, I mean, I'm not finished yet. Get ahead of myself sometimes. Y'all bear with me, right? Blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power. But they will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him for a thousand years. So, listen, you, because this morning, if you have given your life to Christ, you also will partake in the first resurrection, not at this time. Let me, let me point this out to you. The first resurrection is a resurrection that happens over multiple times until the thousand-year reign begins. What, what I mean by that, the word first here is by precedence. The Bible tells us in Colossians that Jesus is the firstborn over all creation. Now, Jesus, we know uh, in the scripture that he was really He's always been, always will be. The Bible says he was in the beginning with God, and without him, nothing was made that was made, right? So Jesus has always been. He did come incarnate as a man, God, fully God, fully man, and was born on the earth, yes. But he was not firstborn like, first, like, like an earthly birth ahead of you and I. What that means is Jesus has precedence and glory over all. That's what it means when it says he's firstborn, that he has precedence. Well, when we talk about the first resurrection, it's the first resurrection of all those who are resurrected in Christ and are saved. It's not a one-time event. It's a several-time event that happens over time, but it's, the, it's those who partake in the resurrection that has precedence. Everybody say life. That's what that resurrection is. So there's several who will partake in this first resurrection over a period of time. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. So let's, let's look at this next slide there, Nadia. Y'all give Nadia a hand. She does such a great job. Nobody ever claps for her. And I'm telling you, I don't know what I'd do without her and Rachel. And all, they just, you know, it's so funny because y'all know what happened. I'm just going to sidetrack for just a second. When there's a squeal in the sound, Nobody looks back there at that soundboard until it happens, right? When everything's good and everything's good, nobody, hey, yeah, yeah, we're just singing, preacher's preaching, everything's good, and nobody ever th looks back there, but you let him make one mistake, oh, man, everybody's staring at him, right? <laughs> right? Same thing with the slides or anything else goes back there. Y'all be sure and tell them thank you because, man, they do an unsung job. It's amazing. Okay, I'll get back to my sermon now. Okay, so the first resurrection... Um, the, Jesus described the two resurrections like this. This is found in the book of John. It says, truly, truly, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is here. Now, this is interesting, right? And now is here. Let, let's read that. When what? When the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Let's read that again. The dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. He said that time is now. See, I want to tell you something what the Bible said about me and you. 
The Bible said before I was saved, I was once dead in my trespasses. But I have been made alive together with Christ. Look at the person next to you and say this. If you're saved, you're alive. Look at them and say this. Eternal life has already begun for you. Look at them and say this. You are part of the first resurrection. You, you see, first of all, our resurrection begins when Jesus saves our soul. Our eternal, our inward man or woman becomes alive in Jesus. That's what you've done if you're saved this morning. You are alive in Christ. But he goes on to say this. So, um, see, I want to tell you this, and I'm getting ahead of myself again, but all, everything lies in the gospel of Christ. The fact that he died, was buried, and rose again. We're going to get to that in a little while. But that's what it's about. I've told y'all over and over again that the gospel of Jesus Christ is not just this little simple diving board by which we jump off into our faith in God. But the gospel of Jesus Christ is the ocean that we swim in. It's everything to us. And if we can't, listen, if you came here this morning, if you can't believe that Jesus died for your sins in accordance with the scripture, was buried and rose again and lives today in heaven, then you have a problem with salvation. That's everything to us. If we can't believe that Jesus rose, church, we can't believe any of this other stuff that I'm telling you. He is the first, right? So we're going to say this. Uh, we, so we know that we come to life in Christ spiritually. He says, for as the Father has life in himself, so has the, he granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this. Listen, listen let's read it. Ready? I'll read slow. Y'all read slow. For an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good, that means those who have trusted Christ. Let's read that. Um, the, to what? The resurrection of life. And those who have done evil to what? The resurrection of judgment. There's two. The first resurrection and the second resurrection that's under judgment. That's the very last resurrection we'll talk about uh, when we get to the end of the millennial kingdom. But the first one, the first resurrection, is a resurrection unto life. Why is it not a resurrection to judgment? You know why? Because back when you gave your life to Jesus and he died on a cross for your sins and you said, I trust that, I believe that he was able to cover all my sin through the cross, you're trusting the fact that this, that he took your judgment. That's what separates you from someone who will be raised to judgment. You will not be judged. You will, you, amen. <laughs> Praise God. You know, I'm telling you, I'm so glad I won't be judged because I screwed up this morning on my way to church. I'm sure I did. I don't know what I did, but I know I did something to mess up. So praise God, I'm not going to be judged for it. I just did. Because I, I do that crap all the time. See, I just did. <laughs> just want to give you an example. 
Praise God that Christ took my judgment. So I, I am a recipient of the resurrection of life. But there's going to come another judgment, the second resurrection, the resurrection of the death. That's the one he's talking about here, the resurrection of judgment. So let's look at these right quick. First of all, there was the saints that resurrected, and they're a part of the first resurrection. They're the ones that resurrected in the time that Jesus resurrected. Let's just look at that. Is that green? What color is that? Okay. Y'all look at the gray square. I'm sorry. looks green to me, but I told y'all. I guess I won't be colorblind in heaven. Woo! I'm going to see colors. You know, we're going to be made perfect. I guess I'll see colors. Man, that's going to be amazing. And Jesus, my grandpa was colorblind. He gave it to me. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Y'all know we've talked about that, why that happened. And the earth shook and the rocks were split. And listen to this. And the tombs also were opened. Okay, let's read this. This is good. Ready? And many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the tombs after what? His resurrection. Say Jesus was first. Right? And then, and then these came. And they went out into the holy city and appeared to many. So there was a resurrection that took place when Christ gave his life on the cross. And I believe this wording is... He, they came to life after he came to life because the Bible tells us that Christ is the first to raise. And it says after his resurrection, they were raised. I want to tell you what this means. This is really, really cool. So uh, Jesus died at the time of the Passover. The Passover was when, uh, when they took the blood of that lamb and spilled it for the unconfessed sins of Israel. It was a time of a picture of the blood that was to come through Christ. And that Passover happened every year. They would shed the blood of this lamb to cover the sins of the people. And Jesus was the very last lamb. At the Passover time, he was crucified and shed his blood for all of mankind. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So after the Passover celebration, 50 days later, they had what they call the Feast of the First Fruits or Pentecost. The Feast of Pentecost. And at the Feast of Pentecost... What would happen is the people would bring the first fruits of the harvest to, to the Lord. Well, you know what else happened on Pentecost? Fifty days later, fifty days after Christ resurrected, the Bible said he hung around here. He appeared to many people. First Corinthians chapter 15. A lot of people saw Jesus because he hung around for everybody say 50 days. He hung around on Pentecost. And you know what he did? He resurrected. I mean, he, he resurrected, but he went to heaven. He, he went to heaven. The Bible says that he left us a great commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel, right? Baptizing them, teaching them, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he went to heaven. You know what he did when he went to heaven? He took the first fruits of his harvest to present to the Father. 
Those right there. They were a part of the first resurrection. The Bible says he led captivity captive. Ephesians chapter 4. So these saints who were raised at Jesus' resurrection are part of the first resurrection. Everybody say first resurrection. Say a resurrection unto life. Okay, look here. And then there's us. Guess what? You're a part, if you're saved, you're part of the first resurrection. Jesus And Jesus, hang on, next slide, please. I turned mine. No, I didn't turn it. There we go. That's us. First Thessalonians reads this. For the Lord himself will descend from the heaven with the cry and the command of the voice of the archangel and with the, with the sound of the trumpet of God. Ready? This is for you. This is what will happen to you with the rapture of the church when he takes us to heaven. Look at what it says. Ready? And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and who are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So, if the rapture were to come right now, if Jesus were to ascend into the, descend into the clouds and call his church to heaven right now, all of you who are saved will at that point meet him in the air. He's not coming to step foot on the earth. He's going to call us to meet him in the air to be in heaven with him. And guess what? You're all going to be made perfect, eternal, if that were to be us right now, those who are alive and remain. You know, he's going to raise those out of the grave who are Christians of the church age. Those who died in Christ during the time of the church, he's going to raise them. And they're going to, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we're going to be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the scripture says, and we'll be made perfect. That's why I'll be able to see colors. Amen, Bubba? And so we will be raised and we will be a part of the what? The first resurrection. Everybody say it. The first resurrection. Say the resurrection to life. Somebody asked me the other day, I want to clarify this. I was looking at the time. They said, well, I know people in heaven like people I knew here. Uh, because there's, uh, I've heard this question has been asked to me over and over and over. I'm serious. Like, people ask me the question when I get to heaven, am I going to know who I knew on earth? Am I going to recognize people? First of all, why would God do that to us? Like, you know, like you get to heaven, you're not going to know anybody? Really? You really think that? I mean, come on, people. Right? Okay. Now I'm going to back it up with scripture. How's that? Right? Because here's what I, here's what I know and believe. Um, you know, there's a, I think it's Brad Paisley. Every time I hear that song, I cry like a baby. You know, it's a, what's it called, Hannah? We cry together. Who said that? Who said that? Right there. That song, right? When I get where I'm going. And there's this one part in there where it says, I'm going to walk with my granddaddy. And he's going to match me step for step. And I'll tell him that I've missed him every moment since he left. Boy, that's me. You know, every time I hear, I just go ball like a baby. I can't drive. I got forwards out of the road, you know. But, it, but, but there's so much truth in that. There's church that is so, I mean, it's true. The Bible says in Thessalonians, we will always be with the Lord. And those loved ones that you that have gone before you in heaven, guess what? You're going to see them and you're going to know them. 
this is what's great about this. You're not only going to know them, but you're going to know everybody. Like people you don't even know now, people you've never met. You're going to be able to, that's what I believe, you're going to look at them and know their name. You know why I believe this? Matthew chapter 17. That's why I needed my glasses. I've got to hurry up. I'm going to... The Mount of Transfiguration. Listen to this. And after six days, Jesus took, took, him, took with him Peter and James and John and his brothers and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became bright as light. Jesus was showing them what heaven's going to look like. And look what it says. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, now he makes a mistake here, don't get me wrong, but I want to show you what he says. Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Now, Peter was a little overwhelmed, and he was a little excited, and he decided that he was going to make a tent for not only Jesus, but Moses and Elijah. Now, Jesus told him, that's dumb, Peter. We don't worship men. We worship God, right? I mean, that's it in a nutshell. But this is, the, this is what, the point I want to make. Peter had never met Moses and Elijah. But he sees Moses and Elijah and knows who they are. Right? So if Peter knows someone that he's never seen before, who's now in heaven, why would you not know your relatives, your friends, and even people you've never seen before? Heaven is going to, we're going to be so familiar with one another in heaven that, it, uh, that it's going to be like, I mean, you know how you, everybody says our church is a family? And we are, praise God, right? Well, that's what heaven's going to be like, one great, big, awesome family. Praise the Lord. Amen. Everybody say praise God. Okay, i got to finish. got to wrap this up. So the next is the saints at the time of the rapture. The next one, Nadia, is what's hot in it? It must be getting hot outside. Our conditions can't keep up. The Old Testament saints in the millennial kingdom. So not only uh, at the millennial, uh, this is, I believe they will be raised at the second coming like the saints that are in the tribulation time. This is the book of Daniel, and, it said, and this is what God Tells Daniel, and many of those who, what, let's read it, who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting content. Okay, there again we see the first and the second resurrection buried out in Scripture. The first resurrection is a resurrection unto life, right? And, and it says, and those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above but it's, it's like describing the church, those, those saints in the tribulation time who are going to be given a white robe. It's just worded a little different. These are Old Testament saints. These are Daniel's people. This is before Christ. It's talking about a resurrection. And it says, And those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Listen, what I want, what I want to share with you is this. Those Old Testament saints, Moses, Elijah, Daniel, all those who died before Christ came, you know what they died on? Credit. They were saved on credit. How many of y'all got a credit card? Raise your hand if you got a credit card, right? 
How many of you know what your credit, you use your credit card to buy something you don't have the money for now, right? Right? Is that what you do with it? Some of us use them a little too much, right? Well, the Old Testament saints were saved. They gave a picture of salvation through the temple, through the blood sacrifices of someone who was to come, a Messiah that was told. They all believed in Jesus, although they did not know what he looked like or never saw him. They believed in a coming Messiah. They had their faith in what God would do one day. Therefore, they were saved also by the blood of Jesus. So those will be resurrected to life. And then the one we read about. I'm just going to read that one really quickly. And they, those, those ones who, during the tribulation time, the awful time, who give their life to Christ and are killed for it. It says they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. They are a part of the first resurrection. What I'm telling you is the first resurrection is a resurrection of precedence, but it happens over a period of time. There was first those that raised when Jesus raised. There's the church, us, who were are, who are raised uh, at the rapture. And then there are those who will be raised at the beginning of the millennial kingdom, which is probably the Old Testament saints. And we know for sure the saints who died during the tribulation period. They will all be raised in the precedence of the first resurrection, a resurrection unto life. Now, uh, I said all that to get to this right here. Next line. I told you that unless we have faith in this, then I want to tell you something. All this stuff is meaningless. Coming to church, singing, church, did y'all know that church is not a good moral compass. Did y'all know that? I heard somebody tell me one time, well, I go to church because it's a good moral compass. Lord have mercy, help us all. <laughs> right? I'm not saying that church doesn't encourage me to live better. Uh, it does help my morality, but I don't, I don't attend church because it's a good moral compass. I attend church because I love Jesus who died for me and raised again. And so as I close this message and as the band starts to come up here, I want to share this gospel message with you one more time as I do every Sunday. This morning, if you're here and you have never put your faith in Christ and you have been like making it all complicated. Oh, would you put that slide back up, Nadia, please? Making it all complicated as to how it gets done. Like, man, I gotta live a better life. No, you don't. Man, I gotta do this. There's, listen, everybody say this Jesus first. Right? He's got to be first. He's got to give you power to change all the rest of the things in your life. But until you trust Jesus, none of those things are ever going to change. You understand? Everybody say, Jesus has resurrection power. Say that. He has the power to change my life. Say that. But it's only Jesus, not you. You can't do it. The Apostle Paul wrote these words about the gospel. 
Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you. That you, everybody say that, you received. And in which you stand. And by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the words I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. Listen to what he says. For I delivered to you of first importance what I also received. That what? What? What is it? That Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scripture. And, with, and, and then what? And that he was what? He was buried and that he raised again on the third day in accordance with the scripture. That's what he said was important that we believe. That's what we put our faith and our hope in. That all the stuff I'm preaching about, about an eternal heaven, a first resurrection where we live forever with Jesus there. Listen, this right here has to be the foundation of everything we believe. That Jesus died for your sin in accordance with the scripture. That he was buried and he rose again on the third day in accordance with the scripture. This morning, if you need to give your life to Jesus, you have to profess that. You have to trust that fact. And he'll save you right there where you sit. And he won't wait for you to straighten up. He don't want you to, he don't want to try to wait for you to straighten up because Jesus knows something about you. He knows you never will. Not without him. You never be able to do it. So this morning, as you everybody bows their head, close their eyes, I want to lead you in a prayer. You know, I pray this with you because you may have never prayed in your life. And you want to give your life to Christ right now today. Well, I just want to help you. That's all. I know you mean it in your heart. You trust him. So this morning as we pray, I'm going to just help you say the words. And you mean them in your heart. So as we pray, simply repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And I've sinned against you. I believe you died on the cross for my sin. And took my judgment. I want to ask you to forgive me. For my sin. For my sin now. For my sin in the past. And my sin in the future. I know you cover it all. I also believe you rose again on the third day. And you have power over death. And can give me life. I ask you to come into my life. And save my soul. And become my Lord and Savior. And it's in your mighty name. In the name of Jesus. I proclaim. I'm saved. Lord God, I want to thank you for those that prayed. And I ask God that you would just bless this congregation. Thank you for the opportunity once again to share your word with them. Ask God that you'd work mightily in their hearts. Even those that were already saved when they came in the door, just encourage us, Lord, as we live our life for you. And I pray for those that came to know you for the very first time this morning. God, that uh, you would just move, uh, do a work in them that like they've never felt before. And help me and help this church to be able to reach out to them and uh, help them in their new walk with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. This morning, if you prayed with me, this is, there's a simple follow-up. It's really simple. It's really easy. It's easy on you. Uh, easy on me.
Um, when you walk out the back, Shane's going to hold up one of those cards. Everybody look and see it right there. Grab one of those. Put your name and your phone number on it. You can fill it out if you'd like. If not, that's fine. I just need your name and the phone number. Fold it up. Drop it in the offering box on the way out there. It's a big wood box. Drop it in there. Uh, when they, uh, when, when, uh, they count the offering this morning, they will bring me that piece of paper, and I will call you. Okay? And we'll talk about your decision for Christ. That simple. Okay? So uh, we'll have a chance to sit and talk personally. Um, and I'll answer any questions you have. So I would love to do that. All right? So if you would like to do that, please do that on your way out the door. Thank you all for coming this morning. Let's stand up and praise the Lord one last time before we get